0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I knew what I was going to do was going to be very special with my life. I'm an example just to show people that like you come up from nothing.
1: Prince had dedicated... His whole legacy to celebrating women, celebrating women of color, and celebrating positive music. I'm gonna uphold that.
2: You're your own worst critic. I feel like you should be it anyways, but I, I'm always that, and I was just hating my song, so I was hating myself.
0: Some people are at their cubicle job right now making way less, than some people are across the world in a goddamn sweatshop making
2: like nothing a day, and we're getting paid to sing and dance. To sing
0: and da- that's a blessing.
1: Artists out here, they're just willing to settle for anything. You know what I mean? And once you're willing to settle for anything, you deserve anything you settle for. Yo, this young Murder. Yo, this is Lizzo. This is August Regal. What's good? It's Kelani. This is your man, Blake Carrington. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chuddle. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. And my special guest today is Second Son. He's a producer, a multi instrumentalist, a very close collaborator with Ali. You might have also heard him in our, our audio documentary, The Northern Stars. He released an EP titled Cosmic Blue not too long ago. And in our interview, he shares some, some keys. Producers, if you are in the studio, take note. He talks about why the real secret to music success is sharing a meal, also, why the best musicians. Are amazing human beings and so much more. Second Son, the Come Up Show podcast. Let's go! (laughs) Yo,
0: please introduce yourself. How you doing? I'm 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 Danny J, also known as Second Son.
2: second son in the family or something where does
0: that name come from <laughs> definitely <laughs> yeah I, I am the third born of four third and, born of four okay. and I'm the second son you are the second son there's one thing that doesn't get old and stale and that's family
2: that's family yeah 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 like yeah like, you know birthday boy was talking about you know he's talking about the things that are important in life and sometimes you can get lose track of what is important He was talking about the importance I guess of spending time with family mm. Um. Yeah man, uh, welcome to the Come Up Show
0: Thank you for having me
2: How you doing man?
0: I'm doing well, <laughs> it's been a full day
2: You uh, released an EP recently Yes I did Please tell us about it
0: Yeah, the new yeah. my new EP, uh, it's my second solo project I guess you would call it a producer record mm. It's called Cosmic Blue mm. uh, I released it independently It is the culmination of about two years of sort of hyper-collaborative studio sessions. Um, and there was a few songs from that two years time period that made it onto other projects, but mm. the ones on this record are my super top five choice of all that work. Mm. Uh, and each song is a different collaborative configuration, different singer, vocalist, or producer, or both in certain cases.
2: Mm. So, I'm assuming you know, working over two years, you made more than five. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. yeah, there was a few more than five. <laughs> yeah.
2: What is that process like when you have to edit when you have to like really limit yourself to five out of however many tracks that you made?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, for me, it's uh, it's, it's not a it's not a difficult process at all.' It's, it's mm. natural. It's in the same way that when I you know you go to the grocery store, you don't know what you want to eat, but you look over at the avocados, and they look right that day, you know? Mm. And, and so you're going to eat avocado that day. It's that kind of vibe, except for this would be more like a long-term thing. I'm just making everything. Every day I try to work and keep up a practice uh, where someone's coming over and we're creating something. And when I had a, a large body of work that I would say, there was eight or ten that just... Two years, half a year, one year later, still gave me that ooh shit feeling, you mm. know. Um, so it's not a process; it's really just letting time unfold and seeing which ones become less interesting and which ones still turn me on.
2: Ah, and, okay.
0: And yeah, and the ones that I love are gonna make the cut, you know.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, so you said
2: like eight tracks. So like you're not producing something like a hundred. Like not nothing ridiculous like that.
0: I mean, in two years it will. It might be. It might be. I mean, I I definitely don't count because I'll do like I did five last night. Do you know what I mean? One of them I'll revisit and I'll stack on, and it will become at some point a full song. But every session is a piece of the piece of the whole. You know what I do? Perhaps I'm just slow. You know, I don't know what my deal is, but I don't make music quickly. I don't feel like I'm in a rush. I don't want to go quick, so I I take my time. I have fun. It's like sandbox time. I just call my friends over. We build stuff. If we build something cool, then next time we come over, we work on it again. Mm. Uh, That's really the whole process. It's not that serious. It's a lot of fun. It's as much about eating food beforehand and talking about what's going on as it is. Making music, quite sincerely. Mm. Ask anyone I work with. They'll talk to you about what we ate. I, uh, I swear.
2: <laughs> Why? You, you cook up?
0: I cook up. <laughs> you chef up, eh? Okay, listen. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to start this off proper. Yeah. You can edit this and find whatever you like. But the real like, secret key to success in production is feeding whoever you're working with you don't make good decisions when you're hungry you you can't think clearly when you haven't eaten right you're rushing through everything plus if you get everyone together especially someone you don't know and you make them like fish tacos or rice and peas and whatever it is that you like and you all sit down and you have a gin and tonic and you them together after that you're you're good you're connected you're on the same level mm. whatever you make there's going to be less awkwardness, <laughs> less trouble. I seriously think the key to music success is eating together.
2: You're the first person, uh, a producer, to tell me that, or, or anybody to tell me that. And I, uh, I do think there is something. What is it? What what is it about sharing a meal that's kind of this intimate, right?
0: Like, it's what the, is it? It's only if, family and lunchrooms that are my other experiences. You know, mm. if we're eating together, you're either family, or like we're at school kind of thing. And and. Yeah, so to like have a small dinner party vibe when everyone knows we're gonna get to making music at some point, it's just some sort of uh, I don't know. It's it's a basic bonding tech technique, and and it's not even like uh, sneaky. It's just like who doesn't want to eat? Like you know what I mean. Everyone wants to eat. So especially
2: a home cooked meal. Yeah,
0: let's get it. Or like whatever it is, you (laughs) know. We're gonna order an Ethiopian or we're gonna like Mm. whatever. Like let's get it, you know? Let's Mm. eat. And then we'll think about music. Okay. Plus all the best conversation happens in my experience when there's like a nice cocktail and you're either eating or already well fed that's when all the cool ideas start to really circulate people open up they start sharing stories you know and these are the main things that make it into the songs especially when you're arriving together at a studio without a predetermined idea you're going to work off of whatever's popping in that moment so I, i'm it's so funny but I'm, I'm serious about that like let's eat first let's jam let's catch up as people and if we don't ever get there, maybe we don't even make music that night. I'd rather eat and catch up than I would make some stuff. Mm. But usually, if you can get that out of the way, uh, you're good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Well, something like. That. I haven't forgot how to, how to hit the drum machine. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> 100%. We'll figure it out.
2: Yeah, I think you just gave a major key to people out there right now.
0: I, that's the yeah. key. That's the yeah, key. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't yeah. been able to exploit it to the highest levels yet. You know, yeah. I'm still grinding. I'm, I'm on my come up. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, that's, I don't care who you are. That's going to mm. work for you. Go ahead. Try it
2: out. And it's what's, uh, what's interesting is um, you said sometimes it's not predetermined. I, I wonder, uh, like, how, how things develop. Is there a little bit of pressure there from them? They that might feel pressure. You might feel pressure if you're not, you don't talk at all, or do you talk mm. beforehand via email or whatever? Like, yo, this is what we're gonna do, or here's the beat first.
0: Yeah. So there's, I mean, yeah, I operate very different than almost all the other people I've, mm. I've ex- experienced in the specifically in the Toronto music scene. Mm-hmm. I, I I have done one or two sort of. Someone came at me through the DMs like, hey, I really like what you're doing. You got anything that I can get down on? Okay, sure. Mm. If I really tangle with you, cool. Mm. But I, honestly, I'm not too interested in that. Uh And I shy away from it because I don't think you can make meaningful music with people you don't really know. Hmm. If you can't eat with them, how are you supposed to have a really heavy conversation, you know? A really
2: honest conversation, right? Yeah,
0: I don't buy that. So I'd rather work with someone nobody knows who's in my living room Mm -hmm. than someone online first off. And so when you come at it from that point, there Mm -hmm. is no... I I don't feel any pressure. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone else feels pressure. That's, you know, that's their trip. Whatever... You're trying to get done with this thing called music is, is your business. I'm really just here to connect and have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that serious to me, you know. Um, I love it. My whole life's around it. I I live every instant of my life trying to become a better communicator of music. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's just some songs at the end of the day. So for me, it's about the people. And if I connect with them as people first, there's no pressure because you, we're friends. And in the same way you don't feel uncomfortable with your friends and family, it's hard to be pressured with your with your people around you, you know. Mm-hmm. So the process for me is largely just getting everybody in the same room and then allowing whatever is sort of on the tip of our tongues to just translate, you know, to try to find a way to channel that into something meaningful. It could be very simple or it could be very convoluted <laughs> process, but uh, key is to me is just get in the same room. Let's eat something, and hmm. then let's see what we're really what we're really dealing with, you know. Hmm.
2: Uh, regarding the, the 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 EP, Cosmic
0: Blue. Cosmic Blue. What
2: is, is that is there a specific meaning to that title, Cosmic Blue?
0: Or I mean, yeah. The, yeah. Those, words always carry specific meaning. There's no removing that. Yeah. I mean, what that what that combination means in reference to the music, I'll let anyone decide. I think it sounds cool. I think as. Uh, Language as a medium is not strong enough to articulate music. And so generally speaking, putting a song title on something, putting a name on yourself, like making an artist's name, like calling myself Second Son is the most ridiculous process I could think of. Do you know what I mean? Just, you know, just like applying language to things that's not of that medium. But I think it sounds cool. And I think as visual um instigations almost these words kind of paint a picture that look like how my music sounds Hmm. like cosmic blue to me is like a perfect sci-fi soul slightly um tragic perhaps slight there's some tense tension there there's some conflict there but it's expansive it's wide it's mysterious no one's gonna have any answers on what's out there Hmm. It just fits. I, and it just sounds cool.
2: It sounds cool, yeah. <laughs> it sounds cool.
0: <laughs> if it sounds cool, I'm good with it.
2: Like and then that's the thing about music though, right? It is subjective. Yeah. People have different interpretations and I think maybe why the reason why you say I'll leave it up to people is because you want them to have whatever their interpretation of it maybe.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, whatever you think about it is just fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
2: Um Yeah, I man, so tell tell me about uh you know uh Ali? Yeah. First of all, how you met Ali, how you came across, maybe even before you met her, like how you came across Ali.
0: Ali, aka yeah. Strange Creature. Yeah. AKA Babs. AKA Baby Angel Breath. Mm-hmm. Shout out, my homie. Baby Angel Breath? Baby Angel wow, Breath. Wow, that's a
2: new one. i never heard hey, that one. I got stories yeah.
0: for you. Yeah <laughs> no, Ali's uh a old friend of mine. Uh she essentially inspired me to come out of production hiding i would say um i had been making music for a very long time i made my first record in 98 mm.
1: um
0: but i wasn't releasing it i wasn't really feeling internet music i didn't respect putting out music on the internet you know and i didn't have a label so i just lamped and made music uh, for a long time but when i moved to toronto i started want- getting hungry again i kind of want to I feel like I got something to say now, you know, so enough life experience I had put in way beyond my ten thousand hours, you know what I mean? I was starting to get pretty good at this, even if I wasn't gifted, just the hours I put in it would be like pretty decent at <laughs> putting together some bass and rhythms, you know, but when I met Ali, she was um, just a kind of energy that I knew that whatever came from her would be cool. you know what I mean. I'd never heard her sing before. I wasn't sure who she was. I We'd met at a Eloquent and Sunclef show at Wrong Bar, you know, from a mutual friend. We were just hanging out, and we, it was kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay, well, you're cool. Like, come over. Let's hang out, and we'll see what's up. That sort of loose, vague, non-specific end. And when she came over, um, I played her this beat that mm-hmm. I was kind of working on, mm-hmm. and she was sort of singing. And that became uh, Cross My Mind. I don't know if you know a tune. Mm. It was the first tune that we made. It's still my biggest sort of splash in the internet world of music mm. song that we made together called Cross My Mind. And after that, we were like, oh, shit, I think we're onto to something. And the process was so fun and easy and chill. And we both really respected each other. And it took us uh, four months, five months to go through making one song. By that time it was like okay we know how to do this let's do some more. We made three more. We started playing shows together a lot. Um man,
2: you were DJing for her or No, nah, I don't uh, DJ. What do you I mean? play.
0: I'm a multi-instrumentalist. Okay. Respect the DJs, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I DJs are the lifeblood of this thing we're doing. Yeah. Um Mad respect for DJs. When you're playing
2: with her, what are you playing with her then? You said you were playing with her. Yeah, so I'll have a loop
0: pedal, a synthesizer, a guitar and a wah-wah pedal, a drum machine. I'll Mm -hmm. I'll bounce around, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm trying to do it like Prince did it, you know? I Mm want to play all the instruments. Uh, All ways of making music is valid, but that's that's my approach. My intro to music was nine years old, I'm a guitar player. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't want... The idea of playing records at a party, I'd rather be dancing, honestly, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, if I could do a hour set of my own tunes, cool, but yeah, I don't really want to DJ. So when yeah. we started playing together, me and Ali, it was like um, we had just released Strange Creature, which is her first EP, and I produced all the songs on that, mm-hmm. and it was the first thing I'd put out on the internet ever. And... Uh, you know, she's so driven and, like, amazing at everything she does. And people really just really messed with what she was doing, which means they were messing with what I was doing. Even if they didn't know it was me, it was like she was bringing me there. Do you know what I mean? She was, uh, yeah. So to be honest, I owe a lot to Ali, like, as a person and a friend. But honestly, I, musically, for sure, she brought me there. She's Mm. actually saved my life realistically twice, like physically saved my life. I'd to hear those hero life, yeah. Maybe for some stuff, we'll get into (laughs) some of that if you want.
2: Uh, yeah. So, what was it like? The then, I guess, the first time coming out on and and putting your music out there, then it was was through Ali, you said,
0: yeah. Yeah, So, yeah, yeah, the first time I put music onto the internet would be. I guess it was 2012. Mm. It's a song called "Cross My Mind," and then we shortly thereafter followed up with the Strange Creature EP, which had uh, a song called "She Knows" on it, another one called "Reluctant Hustler," hmm. and uh, what was the fourth one? "Cross My Mind." Shit, I can't even remember what what it is, which is crazy. Hmm. It's a good one. Oh, it's called "Just Like That." That's one of my favorite joints. Still, "Just Like That." I'm like to me. Yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah. I like what I do, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's that special. I'm not super impressed with myself, you know, but I'll still listen to that record and it's still good to me. Hmm. I don't care what anyone thinks. That Strange Creature record, that's a good record. I did right with that. Hmm. And Ali did very right with that. I'm proud of that record Hmm. to this day. So that was kind of, that was my, that was my, you know, the initial spark that made me want to like, okay, sick. Putting out music is fun again. The process is sick. I don't feel like this is labor. It's really natural. I listen to what we're making, which is really hard because I'm a pretty tight critic, you know. Uh, And so I was hyped after that. And people were kind of messing with it. And so Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, cool. Uh, And after that, we just kept on. She branched in a number of different ways. Uh, Anyone who wants to understand that can just chase down her records. And so did I, you know. So I started collaborating with other people. Mm-hmm. I felt kind of like, you know, what? Like I had a hand in that, you know. Mm-hmm. And maybe I can do that again. And maybe if I do that all over the place, I might be able to get a little love myself, you know. Um, so that's that's what I've been doing. Just
2: like, just like, just like that. What happened after that? After the you know working with Ali. Um.
0: I started to expand my tribe here in Toronto, just, uh, you know, as friends and, and people. I started to meet more musicians who were more on ga- God status as far as I'm concerned with their capabilities. Uh, who were some of those musicians who felt like sh- they were a God Man, status? damn. All my friends. Seriously. Yeah. I, no joke. I really sincerely mean this. I think the people that are like in my phone and come hang out with me to make music are like some of my favorite artists alive, straight up, 100%. I mean that. Like I started making music with Jillian Mapp. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but mm-hmm. she is just amazing. And uh, she's got a song, uh, the closing song on my new EP called Right Here mm. um, with her and, and The Count, my homie The Count. So I started, yeah, I started messing with different producers, like uh, The Count. I started messing with uh, Sunclef and C.Y. and Anzola and uh, M.D. Uh, Nobody will know him. This dude is out of control, talented. Mm -hmm. If you know, you know, but you probably don't know, Mm -hmm. you know. And I was working with Ali and I was working with Jillian and I was working with Tanika Charles and I was working with Tika, And I was working with Matthew Progress, and uh, I'm just trying to build with everybody and trying to just collide with all of these gods out here killing it. Like, in Mm -hmm. my mind, these people are some of the best doing it. Um, And so, of course, if you can get something that I'm doing involved with that, I'm going for it. And Mm -hmm. this has kind of been my role, to be honest, is... uh, Yeah, like this is a solo record, I guess, Cosmic Blue that we're talking about, but I couldn't have done that on my own. Um, And I don't ever see myself making my best work on my own. So I think what I do as like an artist or a producer, however you want to look at it, is I curate my friends in such a way that we have unique relationships that you can feel in the music. And I think that that is an art that has nothing to do with engineering or songwriting that might be a little lost in this whole send me a beat guy internet age. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm just trying to do it in my own way. And I think my friends are my greatest asset. Mm-hmm. You know, L-
2: that, And that's, I would say, probably more meaningful, right? Outside of the music.
0: It means everything to me. Right. I mean, this is why I have not pursued careers even though I'm educated and clever and actually normative and fit the bill for what, would work quite well in a North American society, you know? Mm. Uh but I'm not interested. I just want something, you know, I just like really I just wanna like make music every day with my friends. And sometimes I can do that for months with the help of uh record sales, granting agencies, uh I don't know, love from from the community, you might wanna call it, playing shows. Or sometimes, you know, I gotta work. I gotta build houses. Uh, and then go home and still still session like right now i'm covered in mortar because i've been working all day uh i could probably not do that but i you know i need a new synthesizer and so i'm working i came back from ethiopia and i've been gone for a month where i was just hanging out looking for records and now it's time to work you know Mm. uh i got a new record out so uh, to be honest i mean i made some music last night but i haven't even been making music um Because I have no problem taking time off for life, you know? Mm -hmm. I'll take three months, four months if I feel like it. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at, you know?
2: Uh, Like, the one thing about the creative field is there's never, like, 100% job security or stability. It's always, you know, you never know. Uh, What is it like for you to balance that type Uh, of life?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was hard at a point because I always felt like... Yo, Why isn't this working? Why do I have to do this and that in order to live? And then I stopped bitching and complaining and I started finding a way to just support myself without music. And to be honest, if you can make money to pay your rent or to buy property from music, you're a lucky man, lucky woman and you know consider yourself blessed. And yeah, I'm working for that, but I actually don't care if it ever happens, to be quite honest. And as soon as I stopped giving a shit about what music owes me, then I felt really fine about life in general. I mean, I have family. I have friends. I'm an uncle four times over. I got other shit going on, you know? If if my music sells, I'm going to be a happier Uncle Danny. (laughs) But, I mean, like, if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to curl up and bitch about how the music industry isn't, like, it doesn't matter. I don't make music for those reasons. Mm-hmm. I make music because I need to. Uh, I channel what's out there in a way that no one else can. And if I don't do it, no one will. You know, there there won't there won't be my voice in there. And I feel responsible to do it. I I, mm. I just want to do it. It's fun. Yeah. And so it's to be honest, is is always hard because in a way you know life still catches up to you, and you still have to pay rent. You're still trying to. And you still want to expand, you know? Like, I'll be 40 in not too long, you know? I'd love to, like, have stuff, let's say. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I don't expect that from music. Mm. And when I sit down either by myself or with other people to make music, it's not from that kind of energy at all. In fact, it's more about sort of celebration and trying to tap into something that's way beyond finance or you know, fucking regular, you know, everyday basic stuff like rent and food or whatever. Mm. It's like so I, I don't expect it and I don't mind. It's just a lot of fun making music and I try to just stay there. Mm-hmm. And the more that I'm able to stay there, the more I actually hear that my music has a chance to affect more people. And the more that I really want it so bad and I want this record, the more it's like you can it's it's too try hard. Everyone can feel that. Like everyone just needs to relax. It's not the, you know, the, the egos in music and the people who think they're so special because they made a song, someone like, like give, that's wicked. I'm not trying to take that from you, but like, relax. It's not that serious, you know? Because mm. uh, you, you can kill your creativity.
2: You can kill your love. You can kill your passion mm. by expecting it to uh, financially support you fully.
0: If your energy, your meditative energy Going into a creative zone is, what am I going to get out of this? Mm -hmm. You have precisely nothing to offer. And I hear that through Mm -hmm. any set of speakers. I will hear that through a shitty pair of earbuds. Really? Yeah, man. I swear to God. The best musicians are the best people. Like, and people who have too much ego or who are super self-centered or who expect a lot without giving anything. You still might be able to make some cool songs, but you'll be exposed and everyone, no one's going to love you for that. Like, the icons and the people I look up to were massive as people as well as musicians. They were, you know, they were admirable on all levels of existential conditioning, you know? They were just like beautiful entities. So, yeah, all this expectation about what kind of money you're going to get, I mean, that's such a privileged, weird standpoint. Like I, I was, I was in Addis Ababa for a month, right? I, and that's in Ethiopia. And like, as soon as I go to a place that's outside of, you know, let's say Toronto or like North American context, the idea of making money off of music is preposterous. You have people who can't make money off of anything. You know what I mean? So like, what a ridiculous standpoint it is to walk around thinking that the world owes you some loot to live because you can make a beat. Like, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't buy that at all. So where do you think
2: that comes from, though?
0: It's because you
2: can kind of understand. You obviously do understand that, right? Well, yeah, yeah, I do.
0: I, I, I understand. I overstand it. (laughs) Yeah, I, I see where it comes from. Yeah, real talk. But it's so much ego, is what that is. It's like in this. Okay, let me change. Let me. Let me. Let's switch up from music, just like I can make my point. Yeah. If you ever are in a relationship, probably everyone who will hear this has at some point had a lover, all right? Now, if you go into that relationship just being like, oh, this person is amazing and you just want to like be good to them because you you feel them and you want to do nice shit for them and you want to, you know, you want to call them out of the blue or you want to say nice things or you speak well of them in public when they're not around or whatever the case. That's that real shit to me, you know? And if I was to be like, well, yeah, I'm going to give you a back massage, but what am I going to get out of it kind of vibe? You're just a bad lover <laughs> and a shitty human, do <laughs> you know? So as far as I'm concerned, man, it's like I do get it. Of course you want to get paid for your work. I don't work for free. But music isn't work. It's not work. It's like a... It's communion, you know? It's celebration. It can be work for some people. I get that. But... If that's the vibe you're bringing, I don't believe you that any vibrations out of your session will matter to a person like me. Uh, Hmm. It's just not important to me, so I don't. I get it, but move on. And anyone out there who thinks that music owes you something, move on. Hmm. Do it from a better place.
2: Yeah, do it from the better place because you never know where that may lead you. If you have no expectations, you're just doing it. It's the best type of you know. If anything does happen, that's the best type of. Situation that could happen, right?
0: Most definitely, 100%. That's the only way you can be open to channel anything of real meaning Mm. Uh, is to put your ego aside, relax, and tap into something that has nothing to do with you, and Mm. you're just part of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As soon as. It's hard to do. I mean, I don't yeah. mean to sound like I got it all figured out. I struggle with all this. 100%. I would love to get more loot for what I'm doing. I feel I'm slept on, but I don't I'm not bummed about it. It's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm not pissed about it. It's just like it's fine. I don't know. Yeah. But I do think the energy you bring to every situation is like r- transparent to anyone who's aware. Anyone whose awareness is in tune with something. That is not superficial. They're gonna like smell that on it and it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be a bad look, you know? And I think great art, good, great music, it, it's something that transcends all the personal shit and all the ego things in particular, mm-hmm. which is like the hugest part of our society that is a problem, in my opinion. And I love where we live and I love the society I'm a part of. It. I feel blessed. It's lucky. We're lucky here, but there's like an epidemic of ego. Everywhere. Everyone thinking, you know, it's part of it's, part of it's like, you know, social media culture, uh, I think. It's almost impossible
2: for you not to com- compare and contrast when you see your feed and it's like, it can be even basic, every day, not even musician. You could be, you know, somebody's going to Hawaii for a trip, and you could be whatever. Or somebody has a, a good looking mate, and you're like, "Oh my mm. god!" You compare like all the basic function of mm-hmm. social media. How can you not compare contrast
0: their situation to yours? Yeah. Oh shit! They got the they got the guacamole on their taco. <laughs> oh man! Like, you know, I'm eating Mickey D's tonight. I I better hang it up, man. You know, like that most basic <laughs> label. You're yeah. making, you're joking, but that's the truth. I know. I'm <laughs> ch- but yeah, that's the, like and I, and we're all on it but like that's like part of the thing that's weird is that like as a way of living like a part of our like mode of being is engaging with social media and that's some new shit that has not been around that long and we don't know where that leads we have not done the long term testing wow. to know whether or not this is a big fucking mistake or whether this is something that allows us to kind of take the power of self-mediating into our own hands. Now, I don't, I'm not like a let a, I don't have any super negative thoughts about we should not be on social media. I'm there. I, I do, we all do it. You know what I mean? But I've noticed a shift. And in terms of like, just what people put out into the world versus how they are when you're with them. And what I will say is the people I fuck with the most are the ones who have the smallest bit of difference between the two. If you're the same on your Twitter as you are at my dinner, I fucking love you. You know what I mean? But if you're all like one way online and then another way in life, it's funny style to me. I I, I can't like, I mean, I wish you good things, but you probably aren't going to be spending much time with me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't rate that. Um, I don't know what that's about. But I see, that I see elements of that mindset in music a lot as a matter of fact there's a lot of ego there's a lot of pride and i think you can get a long way on pride and ego but i think you can get a lot further if you if i can put it to put it to rest um and I'm trying to be an example of that, mm. to varying degrees of success.
2: Yeah, and there's yeah. also balance in that as well too. You need to cool. have a
0: little bit of like you know you gotta be
2: confident. You gotta know you know especially <laughs> if you're br- you know to bring it on the mic to bring it on. Like
0: no, you know no one I mean? wants to hear a please and thank you rapper. No, they don't. <laughs> They're really not attracted to that. That's <laughs> hilarious. I mean, just, fair enough. Maybe that's the maybe that's the untapped thing. Like the the most the most like polite. You well know, read there are, nice there are, rappers let's be honest there are no like uh,
2: there are nice very nice rappers like, there, there are good like uh, I'll, I'll state some examples because I know some of them Shad Shad is one of the yeah. most nicest well read educated polite doesn't swear in his music respect uh, the nicest guy all around and people love him people have uh, he has a great fan base uh, puts out great music, so this yes, there is a place mm. for people like a Shad, uh, and so on, and then the other side of that as well too. Uh, but there is a thing where you know, uh, especially mm-hmm. in this in this current environment, where people are attracted to Ratchet, ignorant, yeah, uh, turn up,
0: yeah. Uh, it feels know. a way, and 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 the, I totally agree with you yeah. about that. Shad is a good example. Big up to Shad. Yeah. Yeah. And all nice people. But what is it about? Like, this is a, gr- a great question that I don't know how to answer it exactly, but what is it about shit that is horrible for you that it's, you know it's wrong, there's something about it that feels kind of dangerous and kind of toxic, and yet it's like, it's some good shit, right? Like, what is that about? Mm-hmm. I feel about way about a number of different kinds of styles of music, but like trap music in particular is like, it sounds dark. It sounds like No Way Out, you know? Mm. But it's it's in a good way somehow. It's like there's something, something so satisfying about the knock over top of like the most primally simplistic yeah. bass lines, en- you know? En- enchanting. It feels like some of the producers literally don't have rhythm or like melodic ideas, but it really works, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand what's going on. I'm just out here, man. <laughs>
2: And people are still rocking with it and you're like, all right, I guess we'll go along for the ride and see where this takes us. You
0: know? <laughs> well, what I can say yeah. is no matter how much current music is out there or is being championed that I don't like or that we can find problem with, there's also if you just look back, especially in vinyl history, there's always some sweet ass soulful redemption waiting for you if you go dig so mm. the history of music is deep and it's easy to get caught up on current trends when you forget to look backwards you know what i mean yeah so i think a big part of uh anyone's journey if you want to get more aware as a listener or more aware say as an artist you know is to study where music has been for example and a lot of that you can't find on youtube uh you gotta actually figure out where that's located geographically speaking, you know, mm. and then you gotta grab it and then you gotta listen to it, and you know mm. we all go to different lengths to do that, but I think that whenever um I don't know how to answer the question of why are we attracted to toxic shit, I just turn off that thought and I go back and I listen to say Shuggy Otis. Or, you know, I'll listen Mm. to, like, some old soul. I'll listen to Marvin Gaye, you know what I mean? Or I'll I'll go even to, you know, different place. Like, when I was in Ethiopia, I spent a lot of my time trying to find records. They don't have a record shop. You can't even buy a record player. The idea of fetishizing a a dated technology is crazy, right? It's, like, so privileged. It's not an option. So I was shook. There wasn't even a record store there. I'm, I'm, like traveled to Africa to buy records and they didn't even have a record store where I'm at, so I was like, oh, word. And I ended up asking everybody where I can find records, and I had translators and drivers on my side, and, you know, my girlfriend's aunts were helping me out They're, you know, they're tra- and and it took me, like, eight days of, like, all day asking everybody while we're out getting food where to find records before I could, like, get a phone number with a guy who might have records, and I bought three records, and it's just, you know, these are 245s. There's There's a song on each side, mm. but the lengths I had to go to to listen to these two songs, goddamn, I'm so happy to have these two songs, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that, in comparison to, like, the newest Bad and Bougie remix, you know what I mean? <laughs> these are just two different planets. They're both valid. They're all part of the universe. Yeah. But I know which one I want to live on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And the story that comes along with it as well, too. Definitely. Mm. I started connecting with uh, this label um, in Singapore called Darker Than Wax. Darker Than Wax. Darker Than Wax. They're sick. Uh, shout out to Darker Than Wax and, and, uh, and the Funk Bastard in particular, my man over there in Singapore. And the whole crew, they're sick. They put out uh, whatever they want. They do a lot on vinyl. They do a lot of DJ shows. And I just really mess with what they're doing. And... Uh, we met through SoundCloud, you know what I mean, and started just kind of sending a thing like, "Yo, what's up? What do you think of this tune?" And we started release just a single here, a single there, and you know we started plotting on doing a record together proper. And a little side note, Cosmic Blue was supposed to be actually with Darker Than Wax, but just uh, uh, because of uh, timing, uh, they had another artist or two who were next up in the roster to release. And I wasn't really willing to wait. I was like, nah, I've always done everything myself. This record is done, done, done. It's been done. Um, uh, it, uh, you know, you have a moment where you feel like you have to move. Yeah. And if you don't move, you're going to miss your moment. doesn't mean that this is going to change my life, but I know those moments when they come. And I think everyone can recognize those moments. And mine was when it came. And I was like, listen. It just feels right. This is the right time for me. I'm just going to do this. We'll build on feeling? What was record. those
2: feelings? Is it what? Intuition, your gut, or what, what's, what was informing it?
0: I think that for once, I made something that has a chance at being good in any time period. Um, I, th- I actually think this new record that I made uh, could be well played in 20 years, or if you were to rewind in the time, it would still resonate. There's something classic about it, there's a uniquely soulful vibe. Um, there's definitely like a sort of beat head swinging. I'm a disciple of Dilla and Madlib, and you know, and so it's you know it's impossible to not show that on some level. But I really think I took it out of beat levels and made it into more full songs. You know, there it's it's more than just beats and and rhymes together or beats and lyrics. It's like we cohesively worked on this whole. Structure meticulously over two years to come up with five songs, and by the time it was done and mixed and mastered, and I had images for each one of them, and I was just like, "Well, what am I waiting for? Am I going to wait another six months? It's going to be 2018 before I drop this record that some of the songs were made in. What year now? You know, mm. I just needed to do it. I just needed to do it, and I have a million more in me. Like a song is nothing; it's a tiny moment in time. You know, um, it's not going to ever For me, even a record is not going to encompass what I have to offer or my thoughts on a subject. It's literally just going to be a bunch of pictures, a small fragmented picture book, you know, that hopefully you can catch some feels for, Hmm. you know. And I felt like I really did that, you know. Um, And so I wanted to share it while it was warm and while people Mm -hmm. are getting their back to school on. And I just I don't know. I just wanted it to happen before September. Hmm. That was all I knew. And uh, so, like, are most of these,
2: uh, the artists on here Toronto or all Toronto? They're or... all Toronto.
0: So all Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Cosmic Blue is definitely a Toronto all-star mm. list. You know, there's some missing from there. What there's is way that like to be as... able to pick,
2: like, to, to make a, uh, a, a, um, a piece of music that is all Toronto and they are actually talented? It's
0: blessed. I mean... yeah.
2: Because I, I always say, I've been saying this in common uh, uh, and it's been coming up uh, in uh, interviews with artists that uh, artists here are spoiled because we have the best producers mm. in the world. Toronto like, has like we were those, you know, like we're killing it.
0: Yeah, there's uh, plenty
2: fire. Plenty fire. Yeah. So now the, I'm going to switch to the other side for you as a producer. Yeah. Do you feel like you have more than enough artists? to yeah. choose and work with
0: and like... I have too many. <laughs> I have only seven days in a week. I already sleep like five hours, yeah. you know? Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. not enough. I yeah. want to sleep like 10 or 12. Yeah. I have a girlfriend. I have family. I'm trying to make money. I got to mix the thing. I got to write the thing. I got to go grocery shopping because these sessions are going to keep going. I mm-hmm. skateboard. I want to go play around in the streets and work on mm-hmm. my 360 flips or whatever. There's so much going on in life to have more than two people who you can really count on as a super capable creator, it's overwhelming, man. It's huge. It's like to have six, seven people who are calling sometimes on the same day. Like, yo, what's up this week? What's up? I'm like, yo, man, I, I, I don't have enough time. I do not have enough time, and that is a great problem. It is the best problem to have, um, and I'm lucky, man. Like, I love my friends, and they're so sick mm. and it's it's like I feel like I don't know if it's a Toronto thing or or what but I know that the people that I've met in Toronto who are doing what I do and who are making music with this sort of undertone of like uh, it's like your whole life is is this do you know what I'm saying anyone who like puts their whole energy into being someone who says something on a mic, you know what I mean? And then does it well? I just, I got so much love for these people. I just respect it. It's contrary to what's going on in the world around us. I think now more than ever, we need strong, clear-minded, capable, beautiful people to be making music to influence and to impact the fucking madness that's all around us and the stupidity and the bigotry and all that shit. So like yeah, it is a blessing to have that many people hollering at me in a week to come through and make some jams. Like it inspires you. It's I have to bring it. I have to bring <laughs> it. I can't I can't bring the wax sauce for all these people. Mm, it pushes and you forward. It pu- it it keeps me in check. Yeah. You know, it's sharpened. Toronto sharpened all my dull edges. I've been here 8 years now, right? I came yeah. from Montreal before. Yeah. And um uh both great cities, but like Toronto wasn't Not impressed, you know? And at first, that seemed kind of like, fuck is up with you? Everyone all hard and shit. Like, what are you so hard about? What is your deal? But, like, there's so much game here. And looking back, there's been game coming through here or living here probably forever. Like, it's just so insanely talented without a lot of ambassadors who are really getting it that there's a bit of a sort of, like, I already seen it, I already know vibe. But I don't take that as a negative. That made me sharpen up because it is alarming and disarming to play your best song to someone and they talk after 30 seconds cuz they're not really that vibing on it and I thought for sure this would change your life. It just sharpened me up, man. Mm-hmm. Everyone's criticism and all the hardness and everyone knowing someone who's doing it better than I am already. That just it just lit me up, man. It's just like, all right, all right. Well, I'm not out yet. Like I'm still breathing. Just give me a minute, damn. <laughs> You know, I had to catch up, but like, yeah, like a lot of these people who I'm working with helped me get there. Mm -hmm. I had it in me for sure. And I am capable of seeing that in the world and then translating it into music. But I think my friends relying on me in certain cases, whether it be for uh, production or for instrumental sort of contributions or songwriting help, Or, uh, you know, I'm a pretty capable mixed mastering engineer. Like I help him whatever way I can, you know, or just advice or I don't know, maybe maybe my advice is horrible, but maybe just conversation. I don't know. But yeah, just knowing that I had people who I deeply respect coming to me for those purposes Mm. that made me step up.
2: So now, you know, we've like we've always had a talent, but now that the world is paying attention uh, and most importantly I feel like Toronto is paying attention to Toronto uh, because you know huh. I started to come up show in 2007 uh, yeah. in London Ontario hey. uh, and when I was promoting Canadian music uh, people weren't as interested as they are today let me just say that mm. uh, uh, a, a, sh- uh, a local show is it's possible for a local show to have to sell out or to be well attended today all local Bye. People from the city.
0: I mean, look at what Daniel Caesar's doing right now, right? What did he sell out? Four times in a row while making an independent record? At Dan- Damn. At Danforth Music Damn. Hall,
2: which is 3,000 capacity, which sold, say, 12,000 total, but even, say, 10,000.
0: See, that's crazy. Respect. Yeah, I mean, and what better person to do it hey mm. Whew, that boy can right? sing yeah, and Sean he's, Leon he's I was special. at that
2: show two weeks ago three weeks ago at the mock club seven, mm. sold out as well too mm-hmm. so there's a, it's, these things didn't happen before and speci- specifically in these specific genres yeah. so you have all these talented uh, artists that you're working with but you know that hey that you know we have maybe a fair ch- shot in terms of the radar
0: the like attention the, the global international recognition levels
2: that level and also locally as well too locally, also yeah. here as well too so both levels right like mm-hmm. it's as as is probably been the most exciting times that we're going through right
0: now well i'm glad to be here and be part of it i'll say right? that i mean i can't speak on toronto with that too much authority because i have not even been here for 10 years you know mm-hmm. so there's a lot that i don't know so i won't pretend to understand all the intricacies of what makes up a city and why you the feelings and the opinions are the way they are in terms of the the collective conscious, but I do feel what you're saying, that right now seems to be a strangely exciting time to be making music in Mm. Toronto. It seems like something's popping, and everyone's starting to kind of take a look, you know? Uh, So, hell yeah. I mean, this is another reason why I think... Everyone I know struggles with releasing music in Toronto. If Toronto has a hard time recognizing Toronto, if that's you know that's something you said right, like Toronto has been slow to recognize their own. I've heard that elsewhere too. You know, you're not the first one to say that. Yeah. But if that's true, I would think that a lot of the people who I know to be great artists in Toronto have a hard time letting anything out of their studio, and you can't sit around and feel like nobody's giving me props when you only put out one song in three years, you know? And so I think there's a lot of need to pressure ourselves and our peers, you know, in a loving way, with our arms around each other kind of feels. But yeah, put the shit out, man. Don't just leave it in your studio, you know? If you're making 10 songs, pick at least two, pick three, do something, put it out, you know? Because everyone is paying attention. And most of the time, the shit that is the best is the one you don't even really like as the one making it, you know what I mean? Mm. Like imagine if... Some of the songs we know from the artists you were just talking about didn't come out because they were too insecure or wrapped up in whatever nonsense, you know? So, like, I'm glad that there's this turning of the tide in terms mm. of Toronto music. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I also don't want to let that get to be too big of a thing because the pressure's always still on us to deliver quality music that's worth paying attention to. And the music's only going to be as good as you're living, you know? Mm. So we need to stay on each other stay on point keep it coming ride these waves as they come yeah but don't get a big head about it and stay yeah. stay stay on it you know so that when when a real wave comes it wasn't just a quick flare-up you know exactly yeah yo i
2: appreciate the conversation that we've
0: been having respect yeah it's nice uh, to talk
2: what What else uh, do you want to say to as we're wrapping up right now to the people who are listening uh, uh the people who maybe are hearing about you the first time
0: You know what? I don't have much to say about my um, artistry. I would just say to anyone listening, enjoy yourself. Enjoy your people. Tell your favorite people that you love them while they're in in front of you. Mm -hmm. And um, have fun. Relax a little bit. And remember that um, ain't nothing that serious. Mm -hmm. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. You're welcome.
1: What did you guys think of my interview with Second Son on The Come Up Show podcast? I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. And yo, this is the last episode of The Come Up Show of 2017. Thank you for rocking with us. And we're going to all wrap it together nicely in a neat little package in the best of 2017. It's coming out in two parts. Stay tuned for that. For now, if you haven't already, subscribe to The Come Up Show podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It'll make a huge difference. I would truly appreciate that. Tell us what you like about the Come Up Show Podcast. Give us some feedback. My name is Chero. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you very soon. Peace.